and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English by listening and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host, and today with me... This is Mike. And this is John. So let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about domestic difficulties. So all the annoying, surprising things that we've seen in different homes in different countries. So um, I have, and I'm going to jump right in with one question I have for John. John, when I was in Britain, I was shocked about separate hot and cold water taps. Why is that? Okay, well, <clears throat> it's it's a bit of a historical thing. I mean, these days, most people have mixer taps fitted when they're having a new bathroom put in or new houses are fitted with uh, mixer taps. But many houses still have the separate ones. In fact, my mother had a new bathroom fitted, what, three years ago? And she insisted on having separate hot and cold water taps for her sink. Why? <laughs> well, historically... <clears throat> Uh, houses were originally fitted with just cold water, right? Um, and this was fed direct from the mains and was considered safe to drink, and still is. Hot water taps came later, <clears throat> and hot water was fed from the mains to a tank where the water was stored, usually in the loft, you know, in the roof's void, and then that would feed a hot water tank where it was heated. And as it was sitting around in the loft for a day, a couple of days, it was deemed unfit to drink. Mm. It probably was mm -hmm. completely safe, but but they were playing on the, you know, being on the air of the safe side, not wanting to have any more cholera outbreaks. <clears throat> so hot and cold were kept separate. And the idea of having a mixer tap was that these two, well, the problem with the mixer tap is that the mains pressure for the cold water was much higher than the pressure from the hot water, which was only um, using the gravity from the loft. And so the imbalance of pressure may mean there could have been a crossover in feeds in a mixer tap, the mixer taps of the time. So airing on the side of caution kept them separate. Oh, God, this is so much more complicated. It's so much to do with plumbing. <laughs> so, but how do you, let's say, wash your face or wash your hands? Because you can either, like use cold water or the hot water? Sink. How do you... Well, the idea was you put the plug in the sink and filled up and mixed in the sink. Oh, that's too much effort. I know. So you... Because you basically like, okay, you plug the sink, then you mix the water, you rinse your face once, mm -hmm. like you rinse the soap, and then you have to like, you know, let, it, let the water go and mm -hmm. then fill it. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. But, oh. You know, I remember when... Um, I was traveling around the west coast of the US. I was booking a hostel and it said that it's um Victorian style building. I was like, ooh, sounds nice. Also not very expensive. So you can imagine my surprise when I got into the room and I saw the separate hot and cold water taps. I was like, why? This is, why? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just style. historical. It's just the... Uh, in the 19th century in Britain, there were a number of cholera outbreaks and people were concerned with the purity of their drinking water so the authorities when they were making regulations about plumbing were just being ultra cautious to make sure that the cold water supply the stuff you drank was never going to get contaminated mm. do you find it annoying well no not really because i've got mixed taps <laughs> <laughs> all right i know actually my my bath has got a separate hot and cold but I'm not, I mean, you can, yeah, I, I, feel I like can't remember not... why we did that, but <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of difference. You don't wash your face in the bath, do you? Fair enough. Yeah. So I feel like in the bath, it can't be that annoying. And what, what is it like in Australia? Because I know nothing about homes in Australia. Yeah. Um, the old style homes, the Federation homes, what they call, which were, which was established about a hundred years ago. Um, those homes still have those uh, separate, you know, hot water, cold taps. Probably, I'm not sure what the historical reason is, maybe similar to what John's saying. But these days, I mean, you know, mixer taps are pretty, pretty standard. Yeah, so. Um, no, just for people who are listening, I think um, in the, uh, the British English zones, we call them taps, water taps, mm -hmm. right? But I believe the Americans and the Canadians call them faucets. Yeah. Yeah. So just just be aware they are equivalent. They're the same things. It's just depending on the region mm -hmm. you're in. 
And have you found um, anything annoying or surprising when you moved here to Russia? Plumbing-wise, no. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) Sorry, yes. This um, British houses have their own boilers. Mm -hmm. Every house has its own boiler. Okay, be it a combi boiler or an immersion heater or some form of heating your water is yours and yours to look after and service Mm -hmm. and maintain. Whereas, if you live in an apartment or what we call a flat in England... You're at the mercy of the entire block or possibly area. And for two weeks, having your hot water turned off in the middle of summer, I find quite weird. (laughs) Um, Why? But of course, I know why, because you've got to service all the pipes and everything's Mm -hmm. fed centrally. And so you've got to, and it's better to turn off in the summer than the winter. I knew about this before I came here. So. It wasn't a surprise, but... So you were, like, mentally prepared for yes, those two weeks. Yes, yes, I was. Yeah, I hate those two weeks. I hate them. Every year, I know this is going to happen, but every year I'm like, ah, oh, here it goes. And usually what is annoying is that no matter what area, like, or neighborhood I live in, it always happens in the whole, like, in the hottest time of the summer. Ah, uh, how? Mike, what about you? What did you find surprising, annoying? Talking about water? Anything. I mean, yeah. like, domestic-wise. Well, you know, I say the surprising thing is something called kipatilnik. Oh. Right. So, when I first arrived here, I arrived here on the 9th of June last year, uh, 2019. So, uh, the day I arrived, actually, um, I was told that that was the day that the city had turned off the, the hot water supply, right? So, which I thought... Oh, wow, this is pretty cool, right? First day in Siberia, Siberian experience, right? So for about two weeks, I think I took a shower just using cold water. No. Oh, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. But it's like freezing cold. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's it's perfectly fine because it's summer. Yeah. Um, Actually, even in winter, it's okay because it's uh, centrally heated, right? The houses are. So, uh, yeah. So the first time I... um, yeah, yeah. So it was okay. And uh, now we're going through that same period now where, you know, hot water is being mm-hmm. sort of shut off here and there throughout the city. And of course, uh, the girlfriend can't take that, right? So she asked for what's called a kipatilnik. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is this thing, right? So I went to the central market, right? What this thing? It's just it's a giant coil, basically, that, that heats mm-hmm. up water, right? Through electric currents, I think, right? So, um, I remember my dad a long time ago, you know, he, he went to Moscow in the 80s. And he told me about when I was a little kid, like the hotels had these coils that heat up mm-hmm. water, right? And this is, what, this, this is what it was, right? So, Kipatilnik, right? So, 25, uh, almost 30 years later, still Kipatilnik is still in usage. Oh, sometimes. I'm pretty sure that like 100 right. years from now. I know, but most Russians now have moved on to um, uh, localized boilers, Right, the little little tanks that heat up water, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But I don't, uh, I don't use kipatilniks. Um, you know, a true Siberian man takes cold showers, <laughs> right? and and then he laughs at it. A kipatilnik, so it's a coil, yeah, yeah, like inside a kettle or something. Mm. But how big is it? Well, it's it's a little bit different <clears throat> because I think the co- uh, the coils inside of kettles they heat up. These things don't heat up. That I can see they. they they do, but they don't. It's weird. It almost seems to feel like it's, they're not heating coils, so they don't. So the coils don't go red. No, right, no, with no. The, right, but they emit electric uh, electrons, I think, and then they introduce them to the water and somehow heat it up. But again, yeah. there are those of different sizes, so they can right. be like you know, no bigger than a fist. Let's say if you need to heat up like a small amount of water, yeah. they can be. Oh no, this I one was know. as big as a forearm. Really? Yeah, a f- it's, as it's, a about, it's about as, as big as that. So of a big man's forearm. What vessel do you put? Oh, you put it in a, bu- yeah, in, a, in a in a metal bucket. In a metal bucket. In a bucket yeah, yeah. of um, um, cold water. You know what I could never understand about those? Uh, yeah. When I was a kid, my mom was like, never put your fingers into the water. Yeah. It's like, why? They still exist in other planets, actually. I had an American friend of mine. He came over to the thing and I showed him, hey, look at this. This is called a kipatilnik. It looks like a cattle prod. You can electrocute people to death with, right? <laughs> and he said to me, actually, um, where he's from, which is New York, right? He says that they still, some people actually still use these things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're small, but they use it to heat up tea. 
Yeah, yeah, right? I've seen those. those. Tiny little versions, right? So some people in the United States still use these. No, you can buy those in Britain in um, oh. petrol stations and they oh, run right. off your cigarette lighter in oh, your car. Yeah. That's so right. A mini hippotilnik. Right. <laughs> the campus. The kids are campus. <clears throat> I remember. Wow. Yeah. Well, now I'm surprised. Yeah. As a light. Okay. So, and um, quick question. What was your reaction when you found out that you won't have um, hot water for two weeks? Well, I came here prepared to experience minus whatever degrees this place oh, was. Okay. So you, you were know. ready for everything. Yeah, pretty much. Got and that. I just kind of took it as the Siberian experience. All right. Because right. I've heard stories of people who come here to Siberia and then they find out that the hot water is off and they're like, so when today is it going to be on again? Like, oh, well, you know, um, it's not going to be here for another two weeks. They're like, what? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. More annoying was when all the water went off in our block, which has happened twice. Oh, my For 24 goodness. hours. Now, that I wasn't impressed with, I must admit. Well, I have to say that it doesn't happen often. It is not supposed to happen often. No, no, it was just the block. It wasn't the, the area. It was something to do with the, the plumbing in the basement. Mm. I don't the, know what you guys are talking about because I get those a lot. Really? Yeah. Last year, I had about two weeks um, straight no hot water. And then there were intermittent periods, like a day, 24 hours. I must have had it lost about seven, eight days. But I mean, days, no water days. at all, like... No, 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 but, not water at all. Just no hot water. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're no, talking about is, no water? I'm yeah, talking about yeah. none. Oh, okay, well, that's that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. A bit. Yeah, right. right, right. All right. And what about um, washing machines? Because, again, like, I have noticed that they are mm. always placed in different places in the, in the apartment yeah. or in a house. Yeah. So what is it like in Australia? Like, where well, are they usually? It was, well, they're always in the, uh, the bathrooms. Right? There's a laundry room or a bathroom. It's an actual separate room, a laundry room, or a mm-hmm. bathroom, right? So um, the thing I noticed, I went to a, a friend of mine's house yesterday. He, he recently moved back to Novosibirsk, and I went to his apartment. Nice spiffy apartment. Um, and uh, But the thing, what I, what I noticed was really weird, was that the, the washing machine was in the kitchen. Yeah. That was really weird to me. I mean, as far right. as I know, I, ha- I had a question to John about it. Because as far yeah. as I know, like, very often in Britain, the uh, washing machine is in the kitchen because yeah. of the uh, small space, I think. Correct, yes. In, yeah. in British homes, most most washing machines are in the kitchen. Right. Um, my little apartment here is mm. in the kitchen in Russia, though before, but most, I believe most times it's in, it's in the bathroom. Um, that's you know, quite a good idea. It was novel to me to find the washing machine in the bathroom, but when you think about it, why not? Got all the plumbing in there, so mm. sensible. Um, why it's in the kitchen in my particular apartment, I don't know. I, it's right next to the kitchen, so the plumbing just goes straight through the wall, so not a problem there. Um, but the reason why washing machines are in the kitchens in Britain is, you're right, simply the size of houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bigger houses have separate laundry rooms, etc. I've seen some American houses where it's not so much a separate room, but like a cupboard of mm-hmm, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you open these bifolding doors and there's a, a huge Maytag washing machine and, and dryer mm-hmm. next to each other, those top-loading things where you can actually get in it yourself, never mind the clothes. Um, they're excellent machines. They last forever, but they're quite crude, really, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Um, whereas in Britain and in, in Europe, because of the smaller sizes of kitchens, we don't have two machines. You have mm-hmm. one that's why everyone's got automatic washing machines that do the whole So it's cycle. both a washing machine and a dryer? Some of them are, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's oh, and standard. No, well, I right. mean, I mean, depends on the type of a dryer, I guess. Because let's say in yeah. in here, like most of the washing machines, they are in such a way, they work in such a way that you take out your clothes and they're wet, like yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But let's say the dryers that I have used in the US, like you take out your clothes, they're so hot. Yeah, but they ruin clothes. That's why people don't like using them. They what? They actually ruin clothes. I don't care. Over a period of time, right? So a lot of people don't like using them. I do. It's like you don't even have to iron them. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the advantage, I guess. But I, I've always just hung up my laundry outside for the hangers. So. Well, if you have some space and time. Yeah. Also, remember, things shrink if you heat them. 
certain materials. Certain materials do, yeah. yeah so, uh, so it's a big no-no for some people, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing I found in Russia is that almost top-loading laundromats, laundry machines, are almost non-existent. I'm not seeing one here. Um, no, they, they do exist because yeah. let's say my parents have one. Oh yeah, they do. Because they have a very um, they have a very small bathroom, so right. the f- the front loader, I think it's called, like it wouldn't just you know it wouldn't be possible to right. place one there. Yeah. So they they got the top yeah. loader. We call them European style. Mm-hmm. What do you call um, the top loaders? No, no, the the one where you, the, the front loaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're called the European style uh, washing machines, and they are sort of a new addition to Australian life. Um, really? the reason, so all the ones in Australia are top loaders like in America? They were always top loaders. And yeah. and what's changed is, of course, that in Sydney and Melbourne, there's been mass urbanisation and population growth. So people so are the houses have got live smaller, in, so the kitchens have got smaller. No, not the houses, apartments. Apartments. So apartments were not a standard living, you know, sort of mm-hmm. thing in Australia when I was a kid. Most people lived in houses in suburbia, right? So what's happened is people are getting more urbanised. So houses, got, you know, started getting replaced by apartments mm-hmm. and apartments had... You know, these front-loading European-style um, laundry machines built in. So when mm-hmm. you bought the apartment, it was already there. And the reason... Huh. Yeah. And, and and it had dryers as well. And the reason for that is what they found is that people used to hang up their laundry outside on the balconies. Using even a, though they even yeah, though they had a dryer. That, that actually made the apartments look ugly and therefore the property value <laughs> used to come down. So instead, they said, we'll give you a dryer, put it in that, and don't, don't hang it on the balcony. <laughs> Right. Wow, I mean it's business, right? It's interesting because, um, again, with the washing machines, it's like a heated. Every time you talk about washing machines with somebody in Russia, it's like a heated debate, whether it should be in the kitchen or in the bathroom. I feel like most people say it should be in the bathroom, but then again, well, do you want your kitchen smelling like what do you call it, detergent? But then, what if your bathroom is too small for a washing machine? Well, then that's they well the necessity dictates well, where it should go, yeah, right? But I true. mean, ideally. We're looking at something, you know. I would, and that that is something that surprised me when I moved, well, when I went to the US. Because I would expect to see a washing machine in the apartment. But it was never that because it was in the basement. Like always in the basement. And usually it would be like, you know, so you had to insert some coins mm-hmm. to do yeah, the washing. It, like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. The coin up. Yeah, the Americans coin are horrified at... Um, Europeans and British people have their washing machines in kitchens. They think it's very unhygienic, apparently. I um, think so too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I felt when I saw it yesterday yeah. at the apartment. Uh, I went, why is your washing machine in the kitchen? But right. I think that's that's because the top-loading American-style, quite, if you like, old-fashioned uh, mm-hmm. Europeanized machines true. requires you to spend a lot of time taking the clothes in and out, moving between dryers and that. Whereas a European one, you throw it in there, shut the door and forget about it yeah. until it's done. Uh, <clears throat> but, how, uh, you know, however, I find that top loaders are more convenient in a sense that they're more efficient. So, are they? Yeah, so what you, the, the trick to doing these, the laundry, is actually to spin in the first cycle and then pause it and leave it in the detergent for 20 minutes. And then restart again. So your clothes are too, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, so your clothes, you don't have to use much detergent. Actually, the length of time that you leave it soaking, actually, yeah. So, so the front loading ones, you can't do that. Yeah, mm, you can't. Yeah. So but to soak it, the clothes in the actually, detergent, you can actually. if you put select. If you get one of the new ones with all the oh, really? twenty-five different programs, if you can be right. bothered to read the instruction right. manual, decipher it, decode it, program it, you can do that. But oh, life's too, too short. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why automatic washing machines are invented to re- replace twin tubs and top loaders and standing in front of the thing for hours on end and dragging it down the laundrette. <laughs> the drying thing in Russia is interesting though because I, I've not seen many tumble dryers, and of course, as you said, okay, the, uh, the washing comes out of the washing machine and it's still damp, mm-hmm. so you've got to dry it. Okay, so in summer, you've got your balcony. Every Russian's got a balcony, and outside goes the dryer, and it sits on that. Perfect. But Winter, put the washing on the balcony, and what happens? Oh, it's going to freeze. <laughs> but then again, not everybody can do that. Let's say I do have a balcony. I cannot hang my clothes there just because I live on a central street, so it's going to be, like, you know, covered with dust. Ah, I see. So I can't do that. So where do you dry it then? 
I have a drying rack. Yeah, yeah, but like inside in, the flat. Inside the flat. Oh, right near the um, the heating, they call that thing. Um, the the wall heaters. Radiator. Radiator. Or a battery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radiator or battery in here. Oh, yeah, just one thing. Ooh, people are listening. Battery. We don't call those batteries. Radiators. Yeah, yeah radiators, right? Speaking right. of, what's the heating situation like in Britain and in Australia? Well, they don't need any. You first. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need any, to be honest. They need uh, air conditioning, don't Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but the air conditioning is actually a very, very power-efficient heater. Well, most people don't know this. Huh. Uh, in here that you can actually use your air conditioning is when you use it as a heater as a heating source it's actually one of the most power efficient devices you can mm-hmm. use right convection I think that's the way it works maybe I don't know but yeah generally um, the winters in Australia in, in, the, in the two big cities which half the population lives in um, it's plus 15 degrees in the winter but what about yeah. like, let's say humidity and whatnot so do you use anything to like heaters, I don't know, electric blankets or something like oh, yeah. that if to you keep can, yourself you, warm. Yeah, yeah, people do use those if they if they're cold, right? But generally, no, because Australia also has a lot of wool, mm-hmm. yeah. So they produce a lot of wool, so you just put on a wool jacket, yeah, All right. wool jumper, and then and then wool pants, and then you're you're good to go pretty much. And you look like a sheep. Yeah, <laughs> they, so they, you- wool is highly valued because, um, well, wool is the only clothing that apparently keeps you warm when you're wet. So, huh. so they they say, uh, you know, wool is like holy, you know. But then I'm mm. doing the math in my head, like how much you're saving on heating. Well, if you, well, I've had girlfriends who get cold very easily, mm. right? Because they tend to be thin girls, so not a lot of fat, right? They always get cold, and they always want to put up some heater or something, you know. Like they usually like those, um, uh, like heating rod heaters. Mm-hmm. So, so they they. They, you know, they turn red and they get hot and you sit in front of it. A very inefficient way to heat a room, but that's the way they do it. So if they wish to do that, they do that. I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. What about Britain? Oh, uh, well, as you can imagine, we need heating in winter. I uh, bet you do. We do. Um, the further north you go, the more you need it. Now, <clears throat> most houses now have central heating. However... I didn't live in a house with central heating until the 1980s. Yeah. Um, Wow. You'd have a a fire in the downstairs rooms Mm -hmm. and nothing in the upstairs rooms. So, and the fires would usually be gas, but before that, they were coal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember having coal fire in the lounge, having to get it going with newspaper and bits of wood and then you put the coal on and the room would fill, fill up with smoke. The chimney hadn't been swept properly. <laughs> Great fun. Um, they were all replaced pretty much in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. with gas when uh, natural gas was discovered in the North Sea and every house was put on natural gas and everyone had a gas cooker and everyone had a gas fire and then these were gradually removed and when we had central heating fitted mm-hmm. with radiators everywhere and a gas boiler. And pretty much every house now has a gas boiler and radiators. Mm-hmm. Now that's fine. That's great. Except the government now, in a bid to cut down on emissions, now wants that everyone to have their gas boilers removed and we all go over to electric. Uh, gas boilers cost about £5,000. I've just put a new one in two years ago, so the Aww. government... Can whistle. <laughs> That's staying there for the next 20 5, years. Yeah. Um, there are other sources of heat. Uh, I have, for instance, in my house, two wood burners. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I could manage to find, don't pay for wood, it costs too much, but I find, <laughs> scavenge bits of tree when they're blown down in storms. I wish I was there now, actually, because we had a big storm this uh weekend or the last couple of days there'd be a mm-hmm. few trees blown down so i'd be out there with my chainsaw help myself <laughs> to some wood um and i can just imagine that it's <laughs> great fun i mean you know you and it's it is efficient and it's nice and warm it's nice to look at um but most people it's gas though so, those fires might refer to these really inefficient um one kilowatt two kilowatt bar electric fires they're still around mm-hmm. um there's always every year we have this business of uh, old people saying they're too poor to heat their houses mm-hmm. and get these 
shots of the old woman sitting in front of a one-bar electric fire trying to toast a piece of bread in front of it. Um, that's why every year they, they have the winter fuel pay- payment paid to anyone over 60 gets an extra £200, whether they need it oh. or not. You know, including me now. <laughs> but I mean, um, so what about the monthly bill? I mean, like, do some people, because let's say in the, in the US, a lot of people would say just put on a sweater and then the second sweater, a third sweater, but just don't turn the heating up because that's going to be way too expensive if you do that. So what is it like in Britain? I'm not asking about Australia because, well, apparently there's... Well, yeah, I'm afraid in Britain people do overheat their houses. They have their central heating thermostat turned up at 23, 24, which is totally unnecessary. It should be down at 18 and 19 to be healthy. And if you get a bit chilly, put a cardigan on. Why not? That would be the sense, but people don't, I'm afraid. I remember when I was... um Three years ago, when I was in Boston, that was one of the coldest winters within the last 100 years. So when we had the thermostat at 18 or 19, but still, there were seven of us. It was a three-story building, so there were um, seven of us renting rooms. The monthly bill for the heating was about $800, $800. And it was like at the 18. And then um, a funny story, story time. So in December, we all left, you know... Well, somebody left for home. Um, I went traveling. So there was no one in the building. So our landlord, love him, he uh, turned the heating down to 13 degrees in the coldest winter within the last 100 years for a month. I came back from holiday. I was the only one that um, my friend was staying with me. She came with me. Uh, I found like, you know, a sheet of ice in my bathtub. (laughs) So I turned the heating up up to like 23, just so the house would, you know, like warm up a little bit. Uh, it, well, several hours later, we decided to start a washing machine. So half an hour after we did that, I had a splash. Like, you know, I was like, what is, like, is there water somewhere? I ran to the basement and I found out that the pipes have broken out. So I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I was panicking. I was like, there was water everywhere. And we had those huge, uh, you know, recycling uh, trash cans. They're like, really, they're big. It got filled up with water within like 50 seconds. And I just, I was thinking like, what, what am I going to do with it? So I just poured it all out to the uh, backyard. I was like, no one's there anyway. And I didn't think of anything better than call 911. So they came, they stopped the water, they called the uh, water department, they came in. But the thing is that they have no right to do anything inside the house. They can only check everything outside. And they said, okay, look, everything's fine outside. So, which means that there's something wrong with the house. So I couldn't use the water for, well, let's say three days. So I had to call my landlord, shout at him and threat to sue him if he doesn't find a room for me to stay in. And he only did that when I, again, threatened to sue him. So, so you time. didn't know where the stopcock was then? No, well, <laughs> no. But then again, like, what would, no. <laughs> I didn't know anything about that house. You should always know where the stopcock is and you have to turn the water off, the supply in your house, just in case something like that happens. Where is it? Well, mine's under the sink. <laughs> I mean, I know... I know where that is in my apartment in Russia, mm-hmm. but in that huge house, no, I had no idea where that was. Wait, wait, wait. So explain to me the stop clock. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it is basically a valve that turns yeah. off the water supply into your house. You'll have one pipe supplying water into your building, yeah. right? and all other pipes will come away from that pipe, and it'll supply a tank for hot water or or a combi boiler if it's if it's that sort of system, but. There's one valve, you turn it off, and no more water will come into your building. Mm-hmm. So when, And it also supplies the water to the radiators as well, ultimately. So in every apartment? <laughs> yeah. Ah, no, that's different. If that's you're in an apartment I mean, yeah. building, I don't know. Right. You'll well, probably have a stock clock to It's the actually outside. I, I saw it. The okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But it's, it's near the elevators and stuff. Uh-huh. No, that, yeah. depends. that depends on the building. Uh-huh. So very often it is inside, in the bathroom. Yeah, see, if you were living in, in Boston, was it an old brownstone or something like that no no it was a modern thing so if it was an old brownstone which was originally a house you'd probably have one stopcock somewhere in the basement 
But if it's a modern apartment, you might have s- several, one for each flat. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah, I did not I mean, know that. One, one student here told me a story. You know how in Russia they have these um, this, these big coiled tower, towel drying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. I think they're fantastic. I think they're fantastic too. I, I didn't know what the hell they were when I first came. Wait, you don't yeah. have those? No, not in Australia. You do have heated radiators, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, but not, the, but not the tower. Not that sort yeah. of shape. No, 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 not something that's centrally. Oh, like that, okay. Right? I don't have. We don't have them. Um, people buy them, but they're electric, right? So when I first saw these, I went, "What the hell are these?" But um, his story, this particular student, is that um, was that that um, uh, it it broke. Yeah, it broke that 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 pipe, and all the water started flooding his apartment, and it it actually. Um, no. It actually, in the middle of the night, it happened. And, and it's, it's hot water, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, and God. then the plumbers had to come and they came in the morning. By then, the entire floor was yeah, full of wet. So all the neighbors just kind of was yelling at him and uh, were, you know, were yelling at him. And um, when they stopped it, they had to stop the water supply to the entire apartment, uh-huh. the entire apartment block. That's the way you stop it because they're centrally mm-hmm. controlled, mm-hmm. right? So, but, so I told him, like, okay, if there are a thousand apartments in one block i mean the chance of one of these malfunction happening is real yeah yeah so what you got to stop the entire that's inefficient don't don't they have some sort of valve that stops the flow in each apartment and he said no right uh, yeah i don't know much about so it. your water could have been stopped because of one of those things somewhere that's my point you know you told me you had 24 with no water oh no no that was definitely down in the basement oh yeah yeah right. that was the right. whole block Right. It wasn't nothing to do with. No, I, I know you mean the, the little um, valves are operated by a screwdriver that can just turn off, isolate individual radiators or right. mm-hmm. um, supply just the, the toilet system, for instance. But those things are uh, are often retrofitted or are fitted in more modern buildings by plumbers as they go along because it's a good idea to do it. So, for instance. Um, you fit one to your toilet system because just suppose the inside of the flushing mechanism of the toilet breaks, they're plastic, they do, um, you can just isolate the toilet system and then drain it down, replace, mm-hmm. put it back in. You don't have to, you know, like in the block you're talking about, turn off the water supply to the entire block while you do a small plumbing repair. You can isolate mm-hmm. one particular device. So if you do have a burst water pipe in your apartment and it's leaking like what Kacha went through, the, what the ideal solution is to what get a towel and just put pressure on it, like just shoving venom. <laughs> Try. Yeah. Depends. You see, um, Kacha's system sounds like it was the mains pressure. So that is the pressure that is supplying the entire city. So that has the pressure as enough to drive the water all the way to the top. How many stories was it? Three. Three. So there's enough pressure to drive it all the way to the top of the... St- Top of the building. Yeah. I have just realized that I haven't told you what the reason was for that. Yeah. Okay. Since the house was um, empty for the whole month and the temperature was 13 degrees and it was really cold, there was like, you know, a thick layer of ice mm. inside the pipe. Mm. So that's why it happened. Yes. Apparently. When it freezes, it expands, mm-hmm. bursts the pipe, and then when it melts, out it comes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, but that sort of pressure, if it's mains pressure, you wrapping a towel around it is like doing the same trying to block the split in the side of the Atlantic the Titanic with a towel to prevent it sinking you're wasting your time you right. turn the water supply off right so you always always locate a stop clock you just say yeah yes yeah right and try not to panic if something happens right, right. that always helps so, well, <laughs> when I, so when I go back to my apartment today the first thing I'm going to look for is that valve yeah. usually where you <laughs> Probably in a Russian apartment, I would think most of the plumbing stuff's in the bathroom. Try under the bath. Okay. Is there a special, like, uh, look to these valves? Yeah, they're usually like a wheel valve with a red right. handle. Right, yeah. Right, those. Yeah, it's a wheel or sometimes it's... And they're red for a reason. Yeah. They're red. They're always red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're red for a reason. Actually, the one under my sink at home in England isn't, but... Right. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, well, heating and whatnot... Uh, what about Russia and like winters in Russia? Have you found anything uh, annoying, surprising when you experience your first winter here? The ice. <laughs> Slipping on ice and getting a concussion when you fall on your head. You did not get yeah, a concussion. You yeah, did? Yeah, about four times. 
this winter. No. No, because I've never walked on ice before like this. Right. So it actually takes a few weeks to actually get used to walking on ice. If you if you just use your normal gait, right, you're going to probably slip. Yeah. So, oh my god, wait. So your gait has to be shorter yeah. in amplitude. Yeah. I do remember you fell on the stairs once, right? It's, oh god. It's, it's the ice. It's the ice. The snow is not a problem, it's the ice. It is. And sometimes you know when the snow falls and you don't see where the ice is, you're like there we go. Yeah, it's. I think. Um, but people here tell me that this is a standard experience. Well, yeah, you expect it at least once or twice in one winter. Oh, you're yeah. gonna slip and fall. Yeah. I mean, if it's once or twice, it's kind of like you know a good year. A good year. Wow. You just gotta learn to fall properly, haven't you? That is also true. Well, I do know how to fall properly, but in the heat <laughs> of the moment, when it happens, yeah, yeah. Uh, it happens John- in microseconds. Also true. What about you? Yeah. Did you find something? Uh, I fell over a few times. I expected that. Um, just look for a big bank of snow to fall into. It's soft, you know. Um, now, the thing that annoyed me most about, oh, it's not annoyed, you, you know, you know it's going to happen. It's just one of those things you think, oh, I wish this wasn't happening, is the end of winter, the slush. Um. I knew it was going to come, but that is just horrible. When it all melts and all the crap and rubbish that's been in underneath that snow for mm-hmm. the last six months appears and all the mud and slime, and, this, and it doesn't go anywhere. It just lies there and you have to walk through it. No, that's the bit I don't like. You know, there's a joke, like there are two um, situations when the city is clean, when all the dirt has frozen and when all of that has dried. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in between. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I understand. I understand. So now, what about... Um, Trash and recycling and whatnot in your countries and here, was it like like do you recycle? Do you have special trash cans and whatnot? Oh yes, 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 yes. It's <clears throat> an obsession of uh, our government these days um, to try and pressurize people into recycling because the EU, well, the, the, the way that um, we've got rid of rubbish in Britain. Till recently is landfill. Dig a big hole, throw it in landfill, cover mm-hmm. it up. This is done all over the world. I suppose it's done here, so you know, oh, in yeah. America. Um, but the EU is saying we're filling up too many holes and they're fining us. And they're right. I mean, Britain's running out of space. There's mm-hmm. too many of us. The island's too small and we're digging too many holes and having too much rubbish. So we're being told to recycle. So we, the trouble is, it varies from local authority to local mm-hmm. authority. There's no consistency. Which which sort of plastics you can recycle, what you can put in which bin, mm-hmm. can you put metals in with plastic, cardboards in with plastic, plastics on their own. Um, so <clears throat> a lot of it, you recycle it and it still gets thrown away because mm-hmm. it's not been sorted properly because people don't understand because it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. But I have, outside my back door, I have three black boxes which are emptied every fortnight, one for glass, one for tins, and one for paper. Mm-hmm. Then I have a big upright wheelie bin, also emptied once a fortnight, but the alternative week to the black boxes. Uh, and that is full of cardboard and... And, and what goes in there? Cardboard. Plastic? Plastic, that's it. Because yeah. you haven't mentioned it. Yeah, plastic. And then there's another wheelie bin for rubbish. And that's emptied on the alternate week to the recycling. That must take so much space. It does. But it's outside and I have enough space. But then you come to Russia and you live in an apartment and there is recycling bins uh, at the bottom uh, outside the base of the, um, the, the block. And I, I can see why it doesn't happen so much here because you've got a small kitchen. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to keep? Every time you empty a milk plastic milk cart, are you going to go down 20 flights in a lift just to get rid of that thing to get in and come all the way back up again? Or are you going to have four or five little bins in your kitchen? I have a couple of little bins uh, on my balcony. Mm-hmm. One for plastic, uh, one for glass. Well, you might as well as you can't dry your washing out there, so it's a good place to put your little bins, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mike, what about Australia? Um, I would say 
the one national value of Australia that everybody can agree with is environmentalism, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what religion, what ethnicity, what uh, age you are, right? So Australians are hardcore environmentalists. I can't think of one Australian who would say, screw the environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just do what I want. You know, that's just, uh, yeah. But anyway, so um, when I first came here, after the first month, some Russians asked me, what do you miss about back home, mm-hmm. right? And I said, actually, absolutely nothing except one thing, recycling. Mm. I want to recycle. But there's, there doesn't seem to be any infrastructure for it, right? In Russia, if you want to recycle, you need to take so much effort to do this. You there's, need to find, you know, right. the trash cans for that. Right. So there's, there's sort of a universal color for recycling, mm-hmm. red, yellow, blue, or red, yellow, green, right? Mm-hmm. The only time I've seen those colors on bins was actually at the Grand Central Station here. Mm-hmm. They have them, but they're tiny. But I'm told that actually they all go to the same pile in the end anyway. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter when you put if you put it in the yellow or the, or the, the green or whatever. It doesn't depends yeah. on the place actually. So right. if you see those uh, trash cans, let's say at right. the train stations or just like tiny ones in shopping malls, usually right. yes, they do end up in one landfill. But right. if you ever noticed um, bright yellow metal um, container right. which said Arctic. Yeah. on it then those have um well in there you can put plastic and usually yeah. there's some kind of like a picture what types of plastic you can put in there and those go straight to the recycling factory I'll ask you a question is that landfill here or land pile those are two different things there are well mostly it's land pile but there That's are a couple of landfills right. i think right right um so landfill can be covered and, and the land on top of that can be used to build stadiums and these sort of... You can actually build infrastructure mm-hmm. on top of it. They're actually pretty... It's mostly yeah, land piles. Pretty, pretty stiff. But I heard that in Russia, it's land pile. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, as you can imagine, how can you reuse that, right? You, but then again, Russia doesn't have any problem with space, right? Well, up to a point. Forever, I, mean, I think. <laughs> I mean, look, if... Um, Oh, you you live like close to the center, right? So probably Mm. you haven't noticed that. But uh, in the summer, very often, like people who live in the outskirts, they come Mm. outside, they feel the, well, they see the smoke and they can, you know, smell, you know, this terrible smell of a smoke. Is that from the... That is from the land piles. This is the thing, you know, every now and then, you know, once a month, twice a month, you'll you'll smell this pig farm smell. Uh, That is coming from a pig farm. That is big. So, but there, there are so many urban myths. I asked the Russians about, Novosibirsk people about this, and they all give me different answers. Some say it's a pig farm near Bugrinska, Russia. Oh. Some say it's it's like uh, some some pig manure that's coming in from Novokutnyask. Some people say it's like it's it's all very different. Some say it's from a chemical factory. Right. Gonna, we can talk about it after the podcast because right. I know a person who did a lot of investigation into that. Yeah, they really should because there's so many urban myths about this. They run there this are. There right. are. So, but yeah, with recycling, uh-huh. it is a problem because the thing is that, well, let's say I try to recycle. I have um, one of those like trash cans for recycling in, mm. um, well, next to my building. Mm. So I usually like rinse the plastic, whatever containers and throw them away. But everyone around me, thinks I'm crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Are you rinsing that? Recycling? Like, come on, be realistic. I'm like, no, I want to be optimistic. It starts with a small step. Like, yes, baby steps, but still. So, yeah. Well, there is a serious problem with waste culture here. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would argue that. the. I mean, if I look at just the amount of plastic usage here, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, like, just plastic is everywhere and everything is done in plastic, right? And just the amount of plastic that's generated, <clears throat> if I look at like the rubbish bins mm-hmm. near my apartment block, um, it's pretty amazing, right? I don't know, um, maybe maybe Russia has so much petroleum they can just produce plastic constantly, possibly. But what do you do with that? You know, it's the half-life of those things are long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right, yeah. I still have a question about, well, one last mm-hmm. actually, pests. Have you ever had pests and what did you do to get rid of them? And what were they? Wasp. <clears throat> wasps. Oh, what do you do with them? Because we have several wasp nests um, at my parents' place, like <clears throat> in the outskirts of the city. We don't, we use acetone. I don don't my... Uh double thick overalls, my anti-flash hood gloves, my plastic visor, and I go up there with a aerosol, 
find the nest and spray the aerosol at the nest, which coats it in a white foam and it seals them in and that's the end of them. Okay. All right. Oh. <laughs> huh. What, pests in Russia or pests in back home? Which one? Everywhere. Right. There's a big difference for me. Well, okay. So yeah. what kind of pests are common in your countries? Because in Russia, it's mostly uh, cockroaches, sometimes mice. Uh, I disagree with sometimes. cockroaches. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you are a lucky one, sir. Yeah, because in Australia, um, <laughs> it's one of the things I actually started missing when I first came here. What, what? cockroaches? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because in no, Australia, if really? you live in a house, it doesn't matter how clean your house is. It's got nothing to do with that. There's life everywhere in Australia, right? Sun, warmth, hydration, right? So plenty of that. So every day or two, you will see a cockroach no matter what in your house, no matter how clean you keep it, right? Okay, when we, when we say, when right. you say cockroach... How big is it? Uh, about that big. <laughs> so, for yeah. those who can't see you... And they you... fly. What? Yeah, just like can land on you. It happened to my mom once. Yeah, that sorry. concludes today, today's funny. edition of Reasons Why I'll Never Go to Australia. Right. So, but you're, you're about to see life no matter what. Crickets, spiders, something. You're going to see in the house. And there's a thing right? I can't understand. Right. Now, in my in, in houses in Britain, spiders... Mm. I, I like spiders. How nice. You don't they, trust they, a creature that has a purpose. Uh, they have a purpose. What Why? is that purpose? Why are there no spiders in yeah. my apartment here? There's nothing. There's nothing here. I, I cannot no see spiders? one cockroach, one anything. So in the summer, I'm quite you. pleased about the cockroach. No, no, it's weird. It is spiders weird. are normal to have a real spider around. Yeah. There's very little life in the Vesubisk, actually, aside from humans. That's what I figure. Um, but plenty uh, rats. But, but in, the, in the summer, in the summer, every now and then, you will see some flying insects come through your window. Yeah. But because I live 20, uh, 22 stories up, the wind force is very, you know, Oh, yeah, so you don't, you so, don't have those. So the ones who make it up to 22 floors are the champion insects, right? So, so these champs, right, these champs make it through the window. And I don't want to kill them, right? Because they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the alphas of their, of their species, right? So last time I saw a bloody, um, like a moth come in and I was like, oh my God, a moth. How are you? <laughs> you right. can move to like the fifth floor. You'll have plenty of those. Yes, yeah. I live on six and yes, you get plenty of those and you should eradicate them as fast as possible because they'll eat your clothes. Yeah, <laughs> well, but I, you know, either way, I just find that the lack of cockroaches and rats and mice and possums and whatever you name it, for the first few months, was really eerie. Was really eerie. There's almost no life, like like in the apartment, right? It was strange. And I tell this amazing. To, I tell this I to people, that. and it would, people were like, "Well, that's weird. Why would you want cockroaches?" You know, I'm saying you're gonna see a cockroach to a, a, a week, no matter what, in Australia. If you wow. Live, right. I mean, I'm so used to not seeing any kind of life in yeah. my apartment. Yeah. So when I was right. living in a student residence in right. Wellesley, so it's an old building. It's like right. 100 years old. Right. But I, I only saw the, um, oh God, how do you call those creatures that have like way too many legs, like 100 of them? Oh, centipedes. Centipedes, yes. Uh-huh. So I saw those a yeah. lot because it's like, you know, because yeah. of the humidity. How big was it? Depends. It, it varied from like 5 to 20 centimeters. Oh, bigger. Mm-hmm. So, Pretty cute, yeah. But cute. I mean, yeah. they're harmless. But then once I saw something moving in my in my room, I jumped out, like you know, out of my bed, mm-hmm. went to the like to the hall, and I saw someone like, "Hey, how brave are you?" And the girl's like, "Who's in your room?" I'm like, "I don't know. This is something scary." Mm-hmm. She told me that was a cockroach. I'm like, "There's no way this monster is a cockroach because it was like big. It was like what uh, seven centimeters, eight centimeters." It's a standard size for a cockroach. No, not for Russia. In here, they're like, what, two, oh, three, really? two, three centimeters right. max. Right. They're like tiny. Right. You can kill them, like, you know, hit them with a slipper, they're dead. <gasps> Don't right. do that. Why? Because when you kill a cockroach, if you do it that way, the eggs fly out sideways and they just breed. You should kill them with chemicals only. Yeah. Don't squash them. Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, so. I mean, if it's just, I, I don't know. If that's just one, it's like tiny. But in the US, for example, I'm like, there's no way you can kill this. And the thing is that very often they don't even die if you like spray some chemicals on them. So what the girl did, well, mm. she saved me. She caught it and just flushed it down the toilet. So it I went traveling. One thing I noticed here, Russians, when they eat something like a packet of chips, 
they don't put them into plastic containers and store them, right? And I was wondering, why is it? They just put them in the cupboard, but they just leave it outside, yeah. right? And I was wondering, why do you do that? Because I bought a lot of plastic containers the first thing I arrived here to put food. And they thought I was weird putting things in plastic containers, breads and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? And um, I realized why they don't do them here. Because there are no cockroaches. Yeah. There are no ants. You leave something outside in Australia, right, in the kitchen, <laughs> I will guarantee you within 24 hours there'll be an, army of, dinner party there will be an army of ants that are going to come and eat that sugary thing that you left on the kitchen. Oh. Bench top. Yeah. 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 So that's why you got to cover it with plastic containers or glass or whatever, right? Yeah, you but, can but leave strange like- enough, strangely enough, when I first went into the apartment, I opened the cupboard and there were like 20 glass jars, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, who the hell leaves 20 glass jars for a new tenant, right? But then I went to the central market and I saw all these pickled things, uh-huh. pickled everything, <laughs> right? And I realized, oh, uh-huh, they wanted me to pickle, right? Right, I get it now. Uh, right? Have you pickled? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, um... You want to become yeah. like a true Russian, as you said, true Russian yeah. experience? You should do that. The only thing I want to try pickling is a watermelon. No, why? Why would I, you pickle a watermelon? Because I've never, because I had never seen pickled watermelon until I came here. Right. I've not seen. What? I haven't seen it. No, neither have I. Pickle watermelon. Central Market, go there. They have an entire. Apparently, you can see all sorts of things. They have a there. huge jar with half a watermelon actually pickled, or an entire watermelon pickled. You see it? Okay. Yeah. Doesn't sound like something I would like to try. No, I've, I just, no. I'd rather eat fresh. Thank you. Oh God. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much. That was the Big Apple School podcast. And today we discussed um, domestic difficulties, surprising things that we have in our houses and that you guys experience here in Russia. We discussed washing machines, heating, recycling, trash, pests, all the things you can think of. So thank you for listening. And remember, if you struggle to understand our conversation, you're always welcome to our website, which is bigappleschool.com slash podcast, where you can find full scripts of each episode. You can read them while listening. Isn't it cool? Also, if you want to get more content, which will help you learn English, you can follow us on social media, which is Instagram, VK, Telegram, YouTube, everything. Just search our name again, Big Apple School. And that was Katya. And my guests for today were... Mike. And and John. Stay tuned and I'll see you around. See you around. Bye.